howdy, howdy, folks. What's up? We're back. It's been a while. CBC Wisdom Hour number 59 for June 4th, 2019. This is Steve Witchell here in hot New Orleans. This is Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey. <laughs> it is freaking hot. And it ain't too hot here. It's only June 4th, and the real feel today, as I just told you, was 100 degrees. Mucho caliente. All right. That's hot, man. It's probably humid, too. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, the actual temperature was 92, I think. But then it said the real field is 100 degrees. And it's because it's humid. And, yeah, dude, it's brutal. Like, I played last night. And you know the swamp is, like, you know you know how it's set up. But it's mostly, it's basically you, the outdoor temperature is inside. Yes, is inside. Because it, there's doors open everywhere, you know, so it's, you, you know, there is air conditioning on, but it's it has minimal effect. And I was, I mean, last night was basically the same temperature, and I was just, it's it's miserable. It, it just feels awful. And it doesn't matter how much water you drink or whatever, it's just so thick and like, ugh. Yeah, it's thick and swampy. And they talk about, this is a good question for you, too. And they talk about um, in the CBC group, which, by the way, I am sharing this now in the Cover Band Central group, 52,000 Strong on Facebook. Uh, I'm sharing this right now. So oh, yeah. maybe some people will join us. Um, and it's also on the page. But um, talk of, they talk about a lot. This, this discussion comes up a lot about cargo shorts, about how it's inappropriate to wear cargo shorts on stage. And some people defend it. It's it's. Uh, it's kind of a 50-50 debate. Uh, now, I would think of you as a drummer, it's acceptable to wear shorts. And so do you, and what's your feeling on that? It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I could be naked, which I am most of the time, and no one even knows. <laughs> but do you... I, I think mean, for the drummer, it's the easiest because you're not out front, you know what I mean? So you don't really see, you know, you see more of the waist up, right? Right. But for front, pe you know, people of the front... Uh, nature it is debatable because you know we have this conversation many times too like what image do you want to present and what is the appropriate look you know is it kind of schleppy to be like in cargo shorts maybe not if everyone's in cargo shorts and t-shirts it's kind of a look you know but if you know you got four people up front and three of them have jeans on and one guy's got cargo shorts that might look a little hokey yeah but uh, how about on the look you know but you as a drummer do you do you wear shorts? Is it something you would do uh, often or once in a while? or, or how, what's your Well, it would depend. If we're playing a private party and a backyard type of party and they tell us up front casual dress, you know, then if it's summertime, yeah, I'd wear shorts. Okay. If it's, you know, if it's more of a formal event, usually they'll tell you proper attire, you know. Right. In which case then shorts would not be acceptable. What's your preference? What's, how, how are you most comfortable? Um... I don't really have a preference. Sometimes shorts, depending on the length, can be a little troublesome or annoying because as your legs are moving, you know what I mean? The shorts are rubbing like right at your knee. Right. But basketball shorts are better than cargo shorts for me. You know, something like that's more lightweight, silky, like more like, um, you know, almost like Under Armour. Right, right, yeah. I or a basketball type of short, you know, something that's that's shiny and, and lightweight. That that's my preference for the summertime for sure. Right. You know, just because jeans get hot, you know. They sure do, dude. And even like jeans with holes in them, they still because it get hot. It gets hot in the crotch area. <laughs> it's denim, you know, so it doesn't breathe. That's that's the problem, you know. Yeah. So I told I had to play last night. I subbed last night, and it was so hot. And then there was a possibility I was going to sub tonight. And I told Sean, the band leader, I said, uh, if I'm subbing tomorrow, I'm wearing shorts. And he just laughed. He doesn't care. Like, uh, and I, quite frankly, I don't think anybody would care that would come into the bar. Like that guy's wearing cargo shorts. We're out of here. You know, it's yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think it's more event driven. You know what I mean? Like what the venue is you're playing. If, if it is a bar, type atmosphere i don't think people pay much attention no Boy, people used to play in pajamas pajamas yeah well that was a shtick though yeah yeah so it, it, that was that was their thing and everybody did it so you have a cargo short shtick for the summer 
Um, well, we have the female singer. She's not going to wear cargo shorts. Um, and she doesn't wear skirts or anything. She always wears pants. Right. And the guitar player, he might do it. I don't know if I can get anybody, everybody on board. But for me, it's just about comfort. Like, cause yeah. I, I have don't think to, it has to be symmetrical or anything, you know? Yeah, because I have to be up there for you know several hours playing, standing in this freaking heat. And I want to be comfortable because it just it's hard to perform when you're so uncomfortable. But I mean, there is another solution. There's, um, I can get a couple fans, which I'm going to look into. Try to find like, I need a battery operated clip on fan. Actually, I want to have I get a couple of them, and kind of just surround myself with fans. If I do that, then I'll be comfortable. There you go. Do you use a fan when you're playing? Oh yeah. What kind of fan do you I have? I have a very hip, chrome, retro fan to match my retro 57 kit. And does it face your face or... or? No, it's down by the hi-hat off to the left, like underneath, blowing up, upwards. Okay. Um, and it does the job. And it looks cool. There you go. Yeah, I wonder. I've seen a lot of drummers use fans before, but Sean doesn't in in my band. He doesn't use a fan. Yeah, it depends. You know, I mean, typically just you know just have air movement. You know, but you have to position it correctly because a you can you know depending on what kind of mic you have, it can pick up wind noise on it. You know, like right, right, right. And also, if you don't have it strategically placed, then like wood chips and shrapnel from your drumsticks playing on the hi hat blow into your eyes. Which is always good. Right. So you're jamming and all of a sudden you have sawdust, you know, sharp razor blade thing in your eyes. That's no that good. You spend, you know, half a song trying to get out. Well, you should just wear goggles. That's a good look. I had a welding <laughs> mask one time type of thing, but it was, you know, kind of Devo-esque, but the, the guys weren't digging it. That's a good look. <laughs> Safety goggles, you know, like construction, Safety like goggles. the YMCA thing. No, use the, the like, the swimmer. I swim- be the construction worker. Do the, the swimmer's goggles. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and with that like would be a good look. I could wear sunglasses too. Like a that yellow tint. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> but uh yeah, we're in for it, man. It's it's just I we've talked about this before here when it's summer here June, July. It's just so hot every day and with global warming it just gets hotter. Um Oh yeah. I don't know if that's a real thing, but it probably is. Um, but we're not a political show. Um, no, but it's yeah, definitely not. it's, 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 I mean, it's only June and it real feels a hundred. I mean, God, yeah, it's brutal, man. God, God, God. So yeah. So to remedy that, I'm going to look. The show must go on, Steve. The I'm, show must go on. Yeah. Yeah. It must go on. So I'm going to look into the cargo shorts or not. fan situation and the cargo shorts, um, option. Um, yes. And I don't care what anybody thinks, you know? Screw you guys. I want to be comfortable. I'm working up here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've been out away for several weeks. I mean, it's been three weeks, right? Four weeks, maybe? Yeah, but four weeks, I think. Yeah, the first week, the reason, I, well, I don't even know the, remember the order of it, but one of the reasons was I was driving out to Florida, and my brakes went out, and then I got stuck out in Florida on for uh, four days. And wasn't able to make it back in time to do Wisdom on that week. And then uh, you, you know, you're at your new job, and I've been playing too. I've been subbing a lot. Busy schedules, man. Just trying to coordinate everything. Yeah, but we, here we are, though. But here we are. We don't give up on this. You know, we might take episode fifty nine. Yes, uh, but one thing I wanted to tell you about and tell uh, the folks about a thing I did was I. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. I was subbing on a. Uh, f- Saturday, I think it was Saturday night. Uh, it was a Friday or Saturday at Crazy Corner. And, uh, you know, I played with those guys several times. Oh, now. did not interrupt you. Did my nephew ever hook up with you? No. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I think that was the same night you texted me, too. Right. No, he didn't. And I'm sorry, I got back to you late on that because you, you had sent me the text quite a bit earlier. But I kind of figured you were playing Crazy Corner, so that's what I told him. I said, look for Crazy Corner. Yeah, and look, a crazy guy wearing cargo shorts. <laughs> yeah, he actually, texted me back, so he may. Have, he, 
I wasn't sure if he made it either. Yeah, actually, that was the weekend after the last Wisdom Hour we did. So, yes, it, it was. Um, yeah, and, and so I was playing with them, and I got. I, I look down on my phone. I keep my phone near me on stage, and I look down and I see three missed calls. Two from this guy Robert from um, a band down the street at Fat Cats called Rockbox, who I've played with a bunch, and then one from the guitar player from that band. And I'm like, all right, that's odd because they're playing, and you know something must be happening. So I got off stage, and they did a song without me that which they would have normally done anyway, and found out that the bass player Robert had to leave suddenly during the gig. He had to leave. He had a, he had an emergency uh, with him. He had an emergency with his kid who like broke out in hives and like a young it's I mean, can't be more than two or three years old, this kid. Um, and it was there was a major concern about uh, air passages being blocked and, and oh yeah. And so he had to just he had to leave. He had to I mean it was a split decision. He had to leave his gig. So they were stuck with no bass player for the rest of the night. And they play they start at uh, seven o'clock on either Friday or Saturday. They start at seven. They play till ten. Take a half hour, so three hours. Take a half hour break and then come back. Um, uh, yeah, till ten. Yeah, half hour break at ten. Come back ten thirty and play another three hours. So they do, which wow. is yeah, six which hour night. Yeah, it's eight sets. Um, so I'm of course like I'm feeling like oh man, I really want to help them, but I'm I'm in the middle of this gig here. I can't be two places at once. So. Fortunately, at Crazy Corner, that gig ends quite a bit earlier than the one at Fat Cats. So I just told them, you know, look, when, when I'm done here, I'll just I'll go down there and I'll I'll jump on stage and I'll play the rest of the night. But I got to finish this, you know, this gig. Um, so we were done at midnight at Crazy Corner, and I didn't have to do much packing up. I just had my base, my backpack. It took me a minute and a half to, to pack everything up and I just told Jason the band leader there I said I, you know because uh, we collect tips at the end of the night and I would normally wait for that but I was like I'm going to go I'll just get my tips later and he goes like go go so I just jetted down to Fat Cats and and got up on stage and uh, they were so it was so funny dude because Vince the guitar player is a very good friend of mine and he was a little they, they like to drink there at Fat Cats, and he was definitely a little drunk at that point. Um, what they had been playing for about two hours with the keyboard player playing the bass parts on keyboard. Um, and fortunately for them, they have he is a really, really good musician. He plays keys, he plays guitar, he sings. Um, he's one of those guys, and he, he'll do two at the same time, sometimes three at the same time. Sometimes he plays guitar with his left hand. Uh, keyboards with his right hand and sings at the same time like it's crazy how good he is but Vince was so appreciative of the fact that I came in to play so he starts getting the crowd involved and he's like everybody give it up for Steve Witchell you know everybody's cheering he's like and then he's telling the story like, Steve Witchell just came and saved this night we've been playing for two hours with the keyboard playing playing bass everybody chat like Everybody say, I love you, Steve. And they're like, I love you, Steve. What, so while he's doing this, I'm trying to, like, all I got is, all I got to do is plug in my bass into this guy's amp and start playing. But he's got this whole convoluted, com confusing setup with a pedal board and, and a preamp and a power amp and another, another pedal. And it's all, I'm trying to follow this chain of, of cables and trying to figure out exactly how, to, to make it make noise I, and I was I was failing I was like I'm trying this and it's not working and and in the meantime Vince is doing this like everybody cheer for me and I'm just back there scrambling trying to figure out how to plug in how to make my bass make noise and he kept just doing these different chants say like you know just we love you Steve and Steve you're the best like he just kept making the crowd do all this stuff and I'm not even in able to enjoy it because I'm just freaking the frick out trying to figure out how to how to make this thing work and like eric the singer comes over to me he's like what's the problem i'm like i don't, I don't know i don't know what the problem is and uh he goes well text text robert so i text i or, or i try or he said call robert so i get off stage and i try to call robert and he doesn't pick up 
And the, so they start another song again now with, with no bass. They started uh, Enter Sandman. And I'm like, you know, I'm fig- and the keyboard player is playing the bass part. And I'm figuring, you know, once I got this working, I could just jump in. They went through the whole song. I still didn't figure it out. So now I'm up, I'm, I'm up on stage for like 10 minutes after all these people were cheering my name. And so like, he's the big savior and I'm still not playing bass. <laughs> and he's got no noise coming out of his bass. Nothing. I'm still not playing bass. And uh, so, so Robert doesn't answer. So I'm like, all right, I get back up on stage. I look again at everything. And, and then Eric comes over to me and they were doing uh, In the Air Tonight. And Eric... Uh, the singer in that band, one of the singers in that band, he goes over and he plays keyboards and he sings it from there. And they do the, you know, just like the Phil Collins in the air tonight version where it's uh-huh. very, you know, just keyboards, vocals, basically in the beginning. Um, and he goes, you got time. We're doing it in the air tonight. I'm like, okay. So I took a deep breath and I just looked at everything again. And I'm like, I see the, uh, like the, the amp, the preamp was turned on. Everything else is turned on. Everything's plugged in. It's all going the right way. And then I look at the power amp, and it's off. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I flip the on switch on the power amp, and voila, sound. <laughs> voila, sound. Like, the reason I couldn't get sound, because I didn't turn the power amp on. There That's you got it. So Always I, look for the simplest solution first. Needless to say, it was a little embarrassing. Were they having a new chance after that, like, Way to go! No, man. no, it was over. That was done. Oh. It was just those but, people left already at that point. No, it's because some people were trying. Actually, some people were walking over to the side of the stage trying to help me, like uh, looking at the cables, like is this uh, like? And then once I got it in, and like so, it came in in the air tonight. Yeah, do 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 do, and the bass comes in. I was in, and then and then you know had to do a little bit of adjusting to make it sound a little better in the room, but you know it was making sound. And then there were a couple of people in the front of the stage that just started clapping, kind of like the golf clap. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yay, power. Uh, but yeah, people were digging it. So I ended up, yeah, so playing for an hour and a half, I guess, about um, finishing out the night. And they were just so friggin' appreciative, the band was, about the fact that I came down and did that. And to me, it was like, it's, it's just a no-brainer. It's like, my friends need help. I'm going to go help them because I can. I'm here and I can. And but they were so thankful for it and uh it just really was very humbling how how much they um appreciated it and thanked me for for doing that. Um but nice. Yeah, but for me it's just, you know. Hey, it's a brotherhood, you know. It's a community yes. and that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's the right word, brotherhood. So that you was know, we we help where we can. Yeah. So that was one of my little adventures since we last spoke. Um, Excellent. Yeah. And I, I also have a new adventure. Oh, please share. Yes. So Cole, my youngest son, uh, he's going to be performing at his uh, senior high school music day thing at school. So he was had this whole plan. He was going to, you know, he's going to do um, a song on piano um, with accompaniment with the band, and then he was going to play drums to um, maybe Tom Sawyer or something Rush-esque. So in the interim now, he is going to perform. He's going to play Piano Man on piano and play harmonica, and he's got a girl that's going to sing it. And then Kel, who was the... IT guy at the school who I you know playing the band with, he's really? going to play bass and I'm going to play drums and back oh, him. Oh, that's so cool, dude! And then, in lieu of him doing a for an encore at the end, he was going to play Tom Sawyer. He's going to play Red Barchetta on bass. Wow! And he's bringing the synth pedal with him, like the Taurus pedals. To control the keyboard so he can do the strings in the beginning. Really? So he's going to play the strings with his feet, and then he's going to play bass, and then I'm going to play drums, and then the rest of his band, the guitar player, and they have a girl singer, uh, is going to complete the ensemble. That is very ambitious. 
Um, dude, even more ambitious was when I came to him, he had the keyboard on the floor with um, <laughs> pieces of wood taped to the keys, and he was standing on the wood to, to play the string part. So I called up my trusty bandmate, Craig, uh, who I used to play in Eye of the Storm with, and said, hey, do you still have that MIDI step? He had like a MIDI step controller, you know, that we used to use back in the day. He right. would trigger samples with it and keyboard sounds. You know, we used to do YYZ, and he would play the parts with, on the tourist pedals. So he's like, let me see if I can find it. And he dug it out, and he found it. And then he gave Cole a quick lesson on it. And then um, Cole brought it home, programmed it, and now he's jamming Red Barchetta on bass and playing the string part uh, with the MIDI step controller. And I'm going to play drums, and I'm going to record it, and we'll post it up on the Cover Band Central. Wow, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's going to be killer. So it's, it's going to be my next favorite gig. It's going to be on June 13th. Oh, so very soon. Next week. Very soon. So I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to set everything up. I'm going to pal around with Cal. He's going to get the PA all set up. And I think it's like fifth period or something. They have like this this uh, music thing goes on for like two and a half hours. And mm. they have all different acts come up and play. Nice. Yeah. So it should be pretty cool. So he's doing, and he's doing Piano Man too? He's going to do Piano Man. He's going to play piano and harmonica on, you know, on that, Piano Man. So that, is, that is crazy. I mean, that's not easy, man. Yeah, and he's got the solo down, and he's all, uh, you know, I thought he'd be practicing and shedding it, and I came down, and I'm like, you'd be working on piano, man? He's like, I learned Summer Highland Falls by Billy Joel, and I worked on this other song, and I just, you know, learned Red Barchetta, and then he learned Fly By Night on guitar. That's his new thing now. <laughs> so he's in a rush mode, and he's playing all all instruments, so I, I took awesome, my hat dude. I'm Dude, I miss those days, man. I, I really long for, I think everything that I'm doing in my life to try to, to, to make money and have a comfortable life for myself is in order to get back to that time when I was, when I was <laughs> a teenager exactly. and I could just play, you know, and not have to worry about anything. And I just, I just yep. like learn songs and stuff because I really do want to do that. I like, I love playing piano. Um, yeah, I'm decent at it. I'm not great at all by any means at it, but I, you know, I'm decent at it. I've been doing it for a long time. But I really would love to just shed, you know, shed on keyboards and um, and guitar too. Uh, um, you know, I could play acoustic guitar, but I've never owned an electric guitar. I've never really learned electric guitar, so I would love to do that too. That's how. That's what I want for my life. If if so, so you can vicariously live through Cole right now until he leaves for college. Yeah, and every other teenager, and vicariously live yes. through my former teenage self, who right. did, who did that? Because I mean, when I did that. It was just all about playing bass, which in hindsight was a good thing because, you know, I learned the instrument. Well, that's the excitement of music, man. I mean, you know, like to be inspired to just go down and play stuff, you know, like he's just, he goes down and plays drums for a little while. Then he plays piano for a little while. Then he jams on bass for a little while. Then he goes back down and plays guitar for a little bit. Then he may play some piano again. Then back to drums, you know, and like back on bass. Oh, and he got this Getty Lee, um... His early graduation present was the, the Getty Lee pedal. Have you seen that? No. It's, it's called the YYZ. It's a little, it's, it's a Sansamp little pedal. And it's got all like the overdrive and the distortion and the mid-range. It's got all the, all the Getty stuff on it. So when you plug your bass into it, into the amp, you can tailor all the settings and you can make it sound exactly like Getty's bass. Wow. I need me that. I need to it's get very, some... It's very cool. I will tell you, mm -hmm. when he was playing like Long to Limelight, he like soloed the track from Limelight, and then he played his bass, and it sounded exactly, and I mean exactly like it. And what kind of bass was he using? Uh, Fender Jazz. Fender Jazz bass, and, and I'm pretty sure he's using Rickenbacker on the... On the yes. On, uh, yes, on moving pictures. He, I mean, he might have been using a, a Fender P bass on that, but... I don't know. I'd have to research But it's that. just got like the little distortion and like that mid-range clipper on it and it's got like a clean and a dirty kind of sound you can mix together and it's got, you know, a little EQ. It's cool. But whatever it is, you know, it's got Getty's little picture on it, like a little caricature of him <laughs> cool. and he helped to develop it with, with Sansamp and it's, it's basically his concert rig condensed into a pedal. That's so cool, man. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, well, good for him and congratulations to him and to you. Um, for being such a great influence on him musically. Thanks, man. Very exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's going to be like full circle. I get to play. I'm going to get to perform live with Cole. You know, and like I said, I started him up on drums. You know, when he was in you know grammar school. 
Right. So now he's come full circle to where he'll be jamming on bass and I'll be playing drums with him. It's the rhythm section. And then he's writing stuff on bass too and I'm coming up with parts. So now I'm actually making music with him and jamming original ideas with him. Right. Which is very cool. That's awesome. It's priceless, man. That experience, all of it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Good for you. Um, yeah, I look forward. So that, to that's my big gig coming up. So I look forward to seeing that video. So is Karen going to shoot it, and and you're going to? Oh yeah, I'm going to shoot it off stationary my off my camcorder, and then um, you know he'll probably get some, a couple of his friends or Karen or somebody to shoot it on the iPhone. Right, and then she'll post it on uh, online. Yeah. I don't think she's in CBC, but she should be since you're not. <laughs> we, we'll figure out how to get it to you. We'll post it. Okay. I yeah, may I join in between now and then. Yeah. I definitely want to share it with you. 3,989 member. There you go. Um, yeah, I definitely want to share it with the CBC audience. Um, so, uh, there was, wasn't there something else you were going to tell me about um, with Setless that you were working on with the, with your band? Oh, yeah. So, I started, yeah, right. So, then... Um, creating set lists now so we 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 took our our master song list and uh distilled it down to the essential songs that we play often that we still want to play because you gotta remember there was like 200 songs on the list you know what i mean and some of them just don't fit the set anymore or we just haven't played them in a long time or we probably won't play them anymore you know mm. just because new newer stuff has come into the into the mix so we brought i you know i we segregated it into uh, like wedding specific or private party event, like social gatherings where there are more wedding um, geared songs. And then we made like our, our regular set list. So the next thing I'm doing now is I'm putting the tempos to all of them, like the real tempo on the album and how we determine what tempo we're going to play it at. Cause some stuff, you know, is better a little faster or slower live depending right. on what the record version might be. And, and then um, how, are, but how are you determining the tempo? How are you, how, how do you know? Are you listening to the song and like actually? Yeah, I play the song and then I tap. I'm a metronome. I tap the tempo in. Oh, okay. And then it'll at least tell me, as you know, is it? You know, listen, if it's one seventeen or one sixteen, you know, that's yeah, not yeah, yeah. that critical, you know. But right. if it's supposed to be one eighteen and we're playing it at one oh eight, you know, that's a drastic difference. Right, right. So you're doing it just like manually, song by song. Correct. And I'm going to write the number down next to each song and say, okay, this song is at this tempo. And then, because what we're doing is we're going back through the list and we're chowing down to say, hey, these 10 songs we're going to now just, you know, give a listen through and we're just going to blow the dust off some of them or we're going to fine tune the vocal parts or we're going to, you know, just revisit it briefly and, 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 and you know, make sure it's solid. So I'm going to do that with the tempos and then once that's established, then I'll start assembling the list. And I already started going through, like, the tempo thing was to start to, you know, make columns of songs that are similar tempos or close in tempo, you know? Right. And then I go back and figure out what key they're in relative to what patch, you know, the keyboard player, you know, what Jim might have to uh, adjust on his end to make it work. But then I can also take the, the, the groove patterns, like the, the idea of not, not never stopping playing the drums. So I will make, you know, the next column will be all songs that start with drums or songs that could start with drums, you know? Right. And then the rest of the band could come in. So this way it's a constant flow. If there needs to be an announcement, they can talk over it. It's not like the dead air, you know? So my goal is to get rid of the dead air and make it, like we said, more of like a cohesive show right. and have all the songs flow and have blocks of songs to say, okay, you know, these five songs work back to back to back to back. Right. And, and get into a, a, a habitual rhythm of, you know, of playing them that way. It'll take a little bit of time, but it's coming. It's coming together. But the important part is, first of all, you have you know the idea to do it and the motivation to do it, and and the sense to know what to do, because we've talked about it, you know, extensively. Um, oh yeah, sure. But 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 then the actual doing of it—that's the—that's the thing that people just neglect. You know, in general, is like. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know what to do, but they don't do it. You know, you're actually doing it, and it will yield results. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing the results it yields. Um, yeah, once I get a semblance of order, then um, you know we can review it. We can even bring some of it onto the show, and, and get some feedback, or just talk through it and see what you think. That's awesome, dude. Good, awesome. I'm, I'm psyched to hear that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to do it too because it's gonna, it's, it's. it's you know, it's something like you said that's going to be. It's going to make a difference. You know what I mean? Once it's it, once it's implemented, 
it's going to make a world of difference. It really is. It's going to be organized and it's going to really be like, it's going to step up the game, you know? Right. Good for you, man. Um, it, you know, it's so interesting that people have access to, to knowing how to do things right and, and know that it will yield the results that you're looking for, but they still don't do it. And it, it's, I, I saw this, um, I was watching this show and, and there was a scene with this guy um, who, who had to perform a task and another guy came in who was overseeing the task and, and saw the results and, and saw that the guy did a really good job. And he was impressed. And he said to the other guys, like, uh, you know, how did you do this so well? And the guy said, um, I read the instructions and I did what it said. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was it. You know, and it's so funny. Like, I remember I had um, one of my first jobs ever when I was a kid. I was, like, probably 15 years old. I worked at this department store, which was called Bradley's, which is no longer. Yes, I remember Bradley's. Bradley's in New Jersey, which is no longer uh, in existence. And, and real quick, dude, not to sidebar, but. We, we, I was at a gig one time. We were playing Bulls on Parade, uh-huh. you know, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And he says, rally around the family with a pocket full of shells. Right. And my buddy, who was drunk at the time, comes to me, he goes, are you saying that you're traveling to the Bradleys looking for some sales? <laughs> <laughs> so ever since then, dude, we would sing that for us. We rally, rally around the Bradleys. Looking for some sales. For some sales. <laughs> Shopping for some sales. Bradley's. Yeah, I mean, Bradley's, for anybody who never heard of it, it's just a general department store, like a kind of an early version yeah. of Walmart or yes. Kmart or, you know, where you could just get clothes yep. and toys and, and sporting goods and, and Bradley's. Stuff like that. Bradley's. But so my first day of work, and this was one, this was basically my first job job where I had to go in and, like, you know, fill out all my information and 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 punch in and i remember like specifically i had to fill out my my uh it was like my social security number or something so many times that i memorized it just from filling out those forms it, it might have been it, i'm trying to think it maybe it wasn't my social security, it was some other complicated number but anyway the boss the manager of the, the store her name was mrs grabowski i will never forget this um and I came in for my first day of work, and she said, all right, I'm going to put you in the toy department. I met with her, you know, my first day of work, the store manager. Big deal. And she's like, I'm going to put you in the toy department. And she brings me to the toy department, which if anybody has ever shopped in any department store, you know the toy department is a freaking mess. It's always oh, a yeah. mess because kids come in and pick up stuff and leave it on the floor or leave it where it doesn't belong. So... She brought me to the toy department, and she just brought me to this one aisle, and it was, I, I mean, um, t- we're talking about 1983, 84, in that ballpark, 83, I'm going to say. So it was, uh, it was still like Star Wars toys and and things like that, like the the, the little kind of model things and you know jigsaw yep. puzzles or whatever. So she br- just brought me to this one aisle, and it was things were marked on the, on the uh, the the shelves, you know, where things were supposed to go, and she just said to me, straighten up this aisle, and it was a mess. She just said, straighten up this aisle and and make it look, you know, the way it's supposed to. I, I said okay, and I just I got right on it, and I just did exactly what she said for me to do. I just went from left to right and just put everything exactly where it's supposed to nice and neatly in a straight line where it was in the front of the the shelf and everything and she came back like an hour or two later and she looked at it and she was amazed It's not, it's not practiced. Yeah, it's like a unicorn. Yeah. It's, and isn't that weird? I mean, it's like, well, you just do things the right way, and then bingo, you know? It, it is weird, because like you said, all you got to do is do your job, and already you're, you're, you're you know, you're, you're further ahead than anybody else, you know? And then do your job well, or then really, you know, embrace it and, and succeed at it, and... 
really apply yourself to it, and it's like, forget about it, man. You're in a whole nother league. And, I mean, that just blows me away, but it's also what's given me so much opportunity with Cover Band Central because there's so more than more people than not do not do things like that. They don't just do things the right way. But you have to remember something that we're part that you're leaving out is that when Mrs. Grabowski said, Steve, I need you to organize this and, you know, make it neat and and orderly and, and, and put the stuff where it belongs. You know, what you're taking for granted and saying like, I just did my job. Like I just did what she said, but, but knowing you, knowing how you are, it was probably like all the fighter plane models were in the same pile together. You know what I mean? All the Star Wars stuff was in this area. Like it was, you know, it was how you would do it, but it was probably far not just doing what she asked, but, you know, your level of detail and, and the exceptional job that you did was remarkable to her, which is why she was like, wow. So it wasn't that you just did it. It's that you did it to the best of your ability, which just happened to be a little better than average. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely take a certain pride in doing things well, in 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 getting other people to appreciate the thing that I've done. And that's how I, I, I mean, I'm going to base that on my upbringing and, and especially the way my mother taught me to to be in life, which just, you know, was that, you know. And that's the difference, man. You, you care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's what shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the element that I was neglecting there is that I care. I cared. Um, so it's not just do your job and you'll be, you know, but do your job and like care about it, you know, and have like enthusiasm, do passion. Like, you know, much like you, I was broke the same way. Like do the job once, do it to the best of your ability. You know, like if you got to, you know, if you're going to be like the cleanup boy and sweep, sweep, like no one swept, you know, I swept before, like clean, like no one has seen. Like, so when people walk in, they're like, holy cow, this is, you know, this is unbelievable. Right. And, you know, and you get n- be known for that because. Maybe pushing the broom today, but you don't know where you're going to be in 10 years from now and where that's going to take you, you know. But when you put that type of care and attention to detail and, and, you know, caring into what you do and you don't just go through the motions and count the minutes till you're done doing it, it makes a huge difference, man, a world of difference. It's, it's you know, it sets the bar and it sets you apart, you know, from everybody else. Yeah, that's a good point, man, about not counting the minutes, not looking at the clock. You're just you're in it you're not thinking about time you know you're just in the thing you're doing and that's the way I was you know first day in the job you know I, I want to come in and do a good job and I'm not thinking about like how long my shift is and I think it was it was like a part-time job I think it was like four hour shift it was not long at all so you know I yeah just went in and did that but I I have carried that same attitude throughout my adult life with anything I do I want to do I want people to, I, I want to do things right, you know, and I want to make sure that people appreciate, I, I mean, it's not even about making sure they appreciate it. It's, it's as long as I feel like I've done a good job and and then the people just, it just, it just happens, you know, people do appreciate it, but it still kind of blows me away. Like, well, all I did was the, even like starting Cover Band Central, it's like, all I did was a thing that was needed, you know, that, that didn't nobody did and there's seven billion people in the world and i'm the only one that did it and but i still just think like well you know all i did was like the thing that was needed to be done but you said it was your first day you were focused you were excited to be you know to do it that you know enthusiastic about it and like you said you weren't just counting the minutes to go home you were embracing the task and you were focused on doing it to the best that you could yeah so i think that definitely applies to musicians and bands for sure about and and there's been so many resources that we've provided with with cbc with this podcast i mean 59 hours of wisdom um that is is really what works you know we're not screwing around you know you and i are both serious about this we both care we both care tremendously and anything that you and i have talked about that people have been able to listen to is it's the that's the real deal well it's genuine you know and we do care and and, uh, you know think about that that youthful exuberance of anything that you do like your first day on that job back in the early 80s or 
Cole embracing, you know, these new musical experiences, like with the passion and excitement. And imagine if you look at, like you said, if people would just do it, like, you know, making the set list with the band, right? Oh, it's like a, a, a chore, it's a tedious thing, like, oh, I'll get around to it. But no, but if you look at it and say, hey, man, this is going to be really cool. And let's, you know, I'm going to, you know, go through all these steps and analyze this and do that. And you, you, you get into it, you know, you don't look at it like something you got to check off a list, you know? Right. So as adults, we have to try to remind ourselves to, to look at everything that way, you know? Like, you know, oh, I got to mow the lawn, you know, to, uh, on Saturday. You know, you wake up and you're like, oh, no, dude, like, let's mow the lawn, but let's look, you know, can I mow it crisscross? Can I mow it back and <laughs> forth? Can I, you know, can I, how can I, you know, make it a little bit more interesting and fun and what will look like when I'm done? And like, when it's done, it, it, it'll look the best that anyone can do it because you've really put caring and time into it more so than just someone that's like, I got 10 more lawns to cut today, man. Let me just bang this out as fast as I can. Right. Yeah, you know? the, the the operative word that you said there was fun, man, making it fun. And especially in playing in bands and playing music, it's it's supposed to be fun. Why wouldn't it be fun? Well, you know, what who how can it not be fun? Like as much right. as you know, as much as I have gripes in in my job sometimes playing I I still I still have fun. I still appreciate the fact I you know, I've played uh, you know, over a thousand gigs at the swamp, um, easily. You know, in, in well, yeah, I mean, over a thousand gigs in New Orleans, probably close to a thousand at the swamp. Um, and I still have fun. I still, f you know, playing the same songs with the same people in the same room. You know, sometimes there's there's moments of where it feels tedious, and there's moments. You know, I mean, it's life. You know, sometimes it's too hot in the room, and it's like, oh, I don't want to be here, um, or whatever. But but I still find a way to have fun. I still find the fun element in it, and and I think that is what has really carried me that um, through through my whole career playing uh, the same mentality as working at Bradley's. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I and um, I I really get to, I love the fact that I get to enjoy it with people, and I've talked about this before. You were one of them that was included that has come down. One of my friends who I I know and is a musician, and you've been down here and you've jammed with my band, and that's happened um, quite a bit here since I'm in New Orleans. It's a destination for people. Um, some people come for vaca vacation or for work-related things, but I've seen so many people here that I would otherwise have never seen if I stayed in Jersey, uh, or and definitely not played with had I stayed in Jersey. Um, so that's been a real gift for me. And um, the other day, uh, or it was uh, Thursday last week, this guy Bob from uh, from Idaho, and he's he's not somebody I know well, um, but I do know him, and I know him through somebody that I know very well, uh, my friend Dana. Petey, who's a drummer um, that lives in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, that I toured with, with when I toured with Jared Fink uh, a number of times, and Dana um, was the drummer for that band, and, and he's somebody that I got to know very well. I mean, anybody that's been out on tour, you know, if you're out for any period of time, you get to know people very well, because <laughs> you're, you know, spending every day with them. Um, so he, he plays in a band, in a cover band in Coeur d'Alene, uh, and his bass player is this guy Bob, and and I've met him a couple times when I was up there, and he emailed me and said, "I'm coming to New Orleans, and you know I really want to come see you play. Where are you playing? What what nights are you playing?" So he came on Thursday, and he came out to the swamp, and I um, I made sure he got up to play, and he ended up playing three songs, and he was very appreciative of that. And then he was going to come Friday. I played Crazy Corner Friday, he, and he couldn't make it. But then he came last night, or not last night, Sunday night, again, and spent most of the night there with us. And it was really dead um, Sunday night. It was brutally hot, and it's this just the downtime. So there weren't a lot of people in the room. But he bought us a round of drinks, and I got him up uh, to play again. And he played three songs. And he was so appreciative of that like to me it was just not that big a deal to offer 
that to somebody, you know, um, right. I enjoy it, but he, I mean, for him, it was checking off the bucket list, a life, uh, an experience of a lifetime playing on bourbon street in new Orleans. And he's a good bass player. You know, he, he was very, you know, competent in getting through the songs that those guys wanted to do. Um, so stuff like that, man, for me, it's priceless, man. You know, um, just be able to make this guy live out a, a dream experience. Um, so that's something that happened last week. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's what it's all about. You know, it's about, you know, like you said, something so easy, you know, for you to do is so fulfilling for someone else and is so meaningful to someone else. You know, you, you lose sight of that, you know, how meaningless it, or it may seem to you, but how important and super meaningful it is to someone else to be able to do that. Yeah. And people have done it for me in the past too. And I, and I, I, so I know what it's like to, what it feels like to be on that other side. And, um, and really people doing that for me is why I got some of the, the really good gigs that I got in Jersey. Um, you know, and that, that's a whole nother discussion that we could go on for forever about, but just going out to clubs and seeing bands that you like and, and perhaps you know somebody in the band or you know a couple people in the band or or whatever and then you get to get up and jam with that band and show your stuff you you got a song or two to, right. to show what you got and people have given me that opportunity you know in the early early 90s before I was really playing in cover bands I would go out to see the cover bands that were were killing it you know they were packing rooms and there were people I kind of knew and they would let me get up and jam and uh and that changed that that is what kind of opened the doors for me to to get into the the higher end bands in jersey um and and i i really highly recommend that for anybody have you have you done that much have you had experience with that much like going to see a band and then getting up and jamming other than in new orleans oh yeah no like that you know when when um when Joe Brugimini used to play in Power Windows, anytime I would go see him, he'd always say, you know, what song you want to play? You want to come, you know, want to come play a song, want to come jam. And that was like Rush tribute. Yeah, Rush tribute band. Yeah. So I would always like play Red Barchetta or Trees, you know, something more obscure, not something as mainstreamish. Um, just because it was so, you know, so incredible, because they were so good. You know, it was like playing with Rush, so that was always a trip. Um. You know, if Lurker Park was playing, I'd go, and Vinny would always say, "Come on, you want know, to come on and play a song?" So yeah, I mean, typically if you're making the rounds and you're friends with guys in bands, you know, I mean, I would never ask to sit in like, you know, how many times I've played and some guy I don't even know has been like, "Oh, dude, like my cousin, really good drummer, man. Like you got to right, let him right, right. play." Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, if he's a really good drummer, I'm sure he's got a band that he plays all the time somewhere else. He just needs to sit in on my gig. Right. You know, like I would never ask someone to sit in right but it's always welcome to be asked to sit in you know yeah uh, yeah it's yeah I, I mean i'm the same way i i mean i've done it maybe a couple times where i would i asked to but for for the most part it was people offered um so uh yeah yeah that's a, it's, it's a good feeling to do it on either but, side you know and you know what's cool too and i said this like when i sat in with you in bourbon street the guys i was with you know had said to me amazing how you can go anywhere in the world with people that you don't know i mean i knew you but i didn't know anyone else in your band right but even if i just we went to an event and there was a band that i just no i didn't know anybody and they said hey you want to come up and play you could get up and and have and play a song with them you know and they were blown away by that to be like how music is the universal language where if you know the song you can play it with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. Um, you know, I was at a corporate party one time, and Mark Rivera was there with his band, and my buddy Joe Bazomes was singing with them. He got invited up to sing, and he saw me, and he said, oh, dude, you know, you want to come up, you know, on the mic, he's announcing that, you know, we're going to bring, you know, Tony to come up and play a couple songs, and I would get up and play a couple songs with them, you know, and, and like when he was playing with the house band, he would always invite me up to come up. Um but like in New Orleans, when I met with you, like those guys were just blown away saying like how cool it was that you can go anywhere 
and you can just get up and play. You know, as long as you know the song, you can get up and play with anybody, That's anywhere. It. That's it, man. As long as you know the song. <laughs> That's it. Right. As long That's as you it. know the song and everyone else knows the song. But it's like, hey, you know, um, nice to meet you. You know, you meet the four or five, three, four or five people in the band, whoever it might be. What's the song? Okay, count it off. Let's go. And then you're, you're in it and you're playing it. You know, right. and it sounds killer. Right. If the band's good, you know, and everyone's doing their part. Yeah. Um, or you know, you, and then there's always, like you said, the magic of the chemistry of when you play with people all the time, it becomes a little bit different, you yeah. know. But like happened, like this past week was the, the free Sirius FM, like week, like preview week to say like, hey, come back to Sirius. It's only half price now. Uh-huh. You know, they're running all these big specials and stuff like that. But, you know, I was going through like all the channels, like the Octane and the Ozzy's Boneyard and, you know, Lithium and hearing all these great 90s tunes and classic metal and, and, and modern, you know, hard rock metal. And I came across the Dave Matthews Band channel. And I tell you, it's cool because every song is from a different show, you know, so it'll be like this show from Colorado in 06, this show from 97, this show from, you know, 2002, clips from each one. But that's a band where, you know, they've been touring for so long with the same lineup. It's like a machine. You know what I mean? You can just hear how tight the rhythm section is and how they play off of what Dave's doing. And he goes into chord changes and modulates and they're right with them and they right. know what's coming next. And it's like right. they're jamming, you know, and they're stretching on all the songs, but they are so cohesive in the form of what the song is and what they're doing musically. It was just really cool. So this week I listened to like, you know, an hour of Dave Matthews over the course of being in the car. It was and it was it was refreshing, you know, yeah. to, to listen back and say like, wow, man, listen how tight they are and, and just how together and, and in tune and the chemistry that they all possess, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that magic happens, too, when when you're just getting up and jam. Like you said about like you, you meet, yeah. you get up and jam with somebody for the first time and you, you meet everybody. So yeah, sometimes you don't even meet everybody in the band and you just get up and play and you don't even know the guitar player's name or whatever. You just you're just playing. And then still that magic occurs. And that's. I, I mean, that's that's the word is magic. It's just, you know, you can well, go anywhere. First you ever played was that way. Yeah, but I mean, even just, I mean, that was sort of planned because I was, you know, I was scheduled to sub that night. Right, but, just, but I never met you or played with you before. Right, right. I met you that night. You were eating, you know, dinner. <laughs> what was I eating? I don't know. It was at the Orange Lantern, though, and you were eating. Oh, you were well, at the, yeah. You were eating something, probably a cheeseburger or something. And probably, yeah. I was like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And I'm Tony. I'm a drummer, and I loaded in while you were eating stuff and set up. And then we took, talked a little bit, and then like after the first set, we were like, "Wow, dude, this is something really special." Yeah, yeah, and you know, again, I think we were you and I are just kindred spirits, and uh, but we, you know, I came in. I, anytime I do a sub, I've done a sub gig. And I do a sub gig. I always go in and I consider that everybody else is probably better than me. That's what I always think. So I try to do as much homework as I can, you know, given how much time I have to prepare. Um, but then I'll always go in with that attitude and listen. You know, I, I don't try to go in and dominate. I go in and I listen. You know, I especially when brand new people, I just want to listen to what everybody else is doing and make sure that I am providing th- this this function that is enabling the rest of the band to do exactly what they would be doing if they had their regular bass player. That's right. that's that's my attitude going in I, always. You know, I I just want I want I don't want to rock the boat, man. I want to make sure they can do their job just as well as they would normally do it. And they don't have to think about me. I don't want anybody to have to think about me, worry about me. Just like, here's the next song. You know it? Yes, I know it. Okay, good. And then they can do the job. You know, that's that's my attitude. And and again, that's going back to really kind of the thread of, of this whole discussion today um, is just meeting the standard. To me, that's the standard. And not everybody does that. More people don't do it than do. It just try to achieve that standard of this is what this is what it should be you know right right um so i i mean i think that's a good lesson for anybody out there that that does that kind of sub work to 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 really go in with that kind of attitude you know listen Uh, and i've had subs that people that have subbed in my bands that don't do that so um I mean, it is kind of dependent on what instrument you're playing, but I, I don't know. Either way, it's 
you have to kind of absorb and not try to to take over because it's not your it's not your gig um you know you're the sub. No, like you said you're there to fulfill a need right so be that support in whatever way that is you know and yeah. if you're you know more of a confident a little bit you know more busier player or you know wh- whatever you play stylistically you know you bring it but like you said you don't try to dominate the situation you know you try to add it with the, as much value as you can to it right right and it's all like yeah it's all about caring man it's about caring what you're doing and having that integrity to to really be the best at your craft that you can be um so yeah good discussion i like that good stuff man um so Episode let's 59 let, let's get a, a chambo update anything no update on the Chambo right now. I'm still trying to connect with Jimmy to actually have a phone conversation with him to, to get all the details straightened out. But it is on my list, and uh, I am keeping traction on it. Okay. Yeah, we got to get on that. Cause it's just not in the forefront right now. I got I to do this thing with Cole. Right. Got a rehearsal with his guys on Friday. Um, and I got to build a little kit for that. Get him, you know, straightened out what amp he's using, that sort of stuff. You know, I'm working on the set list, so... In the coming weeks, for sure, you know. Okay, I would I really. It's June already, so we got to get on it. Yeah, and I would really, really like it to happen. You know that I've made that very clear. But either way, I'm still coming up in October to uh, to spend some time in Jersey. So, but I would like that to be a part of my experience. That would be great. As would I. Yes. Um. So, but I I want to I want to try to schedule it as soon as I can. Um. So you know it's when I'm coming is dependent on whether that happens or not. And well, and I also think, quite honestly, bear with me one second here, I'm looking at the calendar. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's not going, uh, We I'm gigging the weekend of September 27th, 28th, 29th. Okay. And then the following week, I think Jimmy is at Penn State. So if it was going to happen, it looked like it would be October 12th. Okay. Which is a push in the limit to, for weather, you know? Yeah. So that's about as late as we could do it. Okay. All right. So, that I mean, that's cool. And I want to try... 12th, somewhere in that vicinity. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I want to schedule some other activities while I'm up there. So I'd like to to find out when that's going to be so I can kind of work around. I want to go to a Giants game, and there's two Giants home games um, in October, so I'll, uh, I'll work that out once we figure it out. But, nice. But, uh, yeah, anything that I can do to help, please let me know, and I will do that to aid in this, uh, in this happening because it's going to happen. It's got to happen. Um, anything else uh, going on with you? Any uh, gigs coming up or uh, music-related stuff other than your your uh, gig with Cole? Um, no, some potential summer parties, you know, that are yet to be confirmed. I know we're locked in for sure. Like I said, that September twenty-seventh gig. Um, but no, just just rebuilding the set right now. And, and getting the songs together, and yeah, we're we're looking to. Uh, you know, Jimmy's got some feelers out for some places over the summer. Try, try to get back to Morristown. Um, that was a real successful, good gig that we had. So right. yeah, I'll keep right. you guys posted. But I have nothing on the horizon as of right now. Gotcha. Well, alrighty then. I'm I'm uh, still swamp all summer long. I'm, I'll be playing at Crazy Corner a lot this summer too because the bass player uh, is going on tour. Uh, in I think towards the end of June and then through most of July so I think I'm going to be playing a lot there so I'm going to be sweating it out but you know sweating it out you got to do what you got to do but where's that bass player going on tour who's he going on tour with you know I don't know and I I don't know where he's going but But he's going yeah I don't ask questions when people ask me to to play for them I just say uh Yes or sure. no, and usually it's yes. Um, so, so that's that, and that's a wrap. CBC.
Wisdom Hour number 59. com. Sign up for a free profile. Uh, on Facebook, Kermit Central page on group. And there's a VIP group and all that. Good. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.